teachable moments. Life is filled with them. These are moments when something happens. Maybe a, a crisis occurs, or we face a predicament of some sort, or something piques our interest. And the situation lends itself to reflection and deepened life learning. These teachable moments are generally not planned. They often occur when we least expect them. And unless the time is right, learning does not occur. We have to be ready. We have to be ready to learn. I've often wondered how ready Jesus' disciples were to learn. Well, they have plenty of opportunity in this morning's gospel reading from John. Teachable moments abound. The first one comes as Jesus and his disciples are pursued by a crowd of 5,000 hungry people. This is the kind of situation that gets your attention. It's really interesting, I think, that as the story is told in Matthew and Mark and in Luke, the situation appears pretty overwhelming. Jesus' disciples, and maybe even Jesus, too, are exhausted. They are desperately needing some time and some space for themselves. So they re uh, retreat to a secluded place, and wouldn't you know it, those crowds insist. They persist in following them. And Jesus, he just doesn't have the heart to turn them away. So in desperations, his disciples finally intervene. They say, hey, you know what? It's getting late. Everybody's hungry. There is nowhere to eat. Tell them to go home. What's interesting is that in John, this situation is presented quite differently. Yes, the crowds here are needy and persistent, too. But in this case, it doesn't appear that Jesus is trying to get away from them. He sits on this mountain, watching them approach. He almost seems to be waiting for them. And he knows that they're going to be hungry. So he takes the opportunity to talk to his disciples about it. Hmm. Where are we going to get food for all these people? He names the predicament that they will soon find themselves in, surrounded by 5,000 hungry people with expectation of being fed. And he uses this predicament as a teachable moment, an opportunity to engage his disciples about what they, with them about what they're learning on their journey together. Now, Jesus' disciples aren't really into this teachable moment thing, at least not now. They simply see the immensity of the need that is quickly approaching them and the scarcity of their own resources to deal with it. All they see is the impossibility of what Jesus is asking them to do. Feed this crowd? You've got to be kidding. Philip points out that it would take at least, at least six months' wages to feed this mass of people a little bit. And Andrew notes that the resources that they do have, 
five barley loaves and two fish aren't going to go very far. But while they focus on the impossibility of the task at hand, Jesus focuses on the opportunity at hand. The great challenge facing them is an opportunity to watch, to watch for what God is going to do. And as these disciples watch, they will have a wonderful opportunity to learn what this God, who is so intimately connected with Jesus, is all about. Now, Jesus, of course, doesn't say all this. His teaching style is sparse on words, heavy on action. So he takes the role of Jewish host and has his disciples seat their guests, all 5,000 of them. And then he gathers up the resources that they have, meager though they be. He gives thanks for them, and he distributes them to the multitude. And what Jesus divides among the crowd, God multiplies so that every one of his guests gets as much as they want, so that everyone is satisfied. And there are lots of leftovers, 12 basketfuls, more than they started out with, which Jesus asks to be gathered up again because his wish is for nothing and probably no one to be lost Well, I'm not sure what the disciples learned through this experience. That God is powerfully present in and through Jesus. And that this God cares about basic human need like hunger. And that God provides daily bread in the midst of scarcity. Or that when things seem impossible, God is still at work. John doesn't tell us what, if anything, the disciples glean from this teachable moment. He does report the conclusions drawn from the crowd. This guy is the prophet we've been waiting for. Maybe, and maybe probably he's the Messiah. Let's make him our king. Then we will never be hungry again. Then comes another teachable moment. When Jesus sees that they are about to come and take him by force and make him their king, he withdraws to the mountain to be by himself. He clearly prefers solitude with God to the power of kingship. He will not be forced to fit into the world's definition of who he should be. He will define himself according to his calling from God. Well, the crowd doesn't get this, doesn't understand at all. But what about his disciples? Are they ready to see? Are they ready to learn? And the teachable moments just keep coming. Evening has come, all the hullabaloo has ended. Jesus is up on that mountain alone somewhere. And his disciples finally decide to climb into the boat and make the journey back across the lake to Capernaum. 
This time, the challenge before them is wind and waves. You know, I once paddled against strong wind and waves with two young sons in a canoe, and they weren't helping very much. And I had a few moments of panic, not sure if we would make it to shore. But at least it was daylight. These disciples are rowing in the dark. And in the ancient world, darkness is not a friendly place. It's a space inhabited by ghosts and demons and evil and who knows what else. So they aren't just rowing hard against wind and waves. They are rowing against their fear of all the unknown that lurked around the edges of life. Perhaps that's why they're terrified when they see Jesus walking toward them on the water. Perhaps they think he's a ghost. Even though they have just seen Jesus feed 5,000 hungry people with just five barley loaves and two fish, it is incomprehensible to them that this person walking to them on the waves might be Jesus. All these teachable moments. And what have they learned? Their lack of recognition, their inability to put it all together makes no difference to Jesus. And that's a really comforting part of the story for me. As they struggle with the waves, as they struggle with their fear, Jesus comes alongside them and reminds them of who he is. It is I, he reassures them. Don't be afraid. And suddenly, they've reached the shore. What a day it has been with teachable moments from beginning to end, with opportunities galore for the disciples to learn more fully about who Jesus is and how God is at work through him. Have the disciples been ready to learn? Are we ready to learn? You know, part of what constitutes readiness to learn is curiosity, openness, and sometimes simply an awareness of one's need. The fact is that when we already know everything and when we already have everything and when life is just the way that we want it, we may well not have the interest or the felt need to open ourselves to deeper learning and to the change that sometimes accompanies this learning. Our anxiety sometimes gets in the way too. You know, it is so easy to respond to life as a problem to be solved and to feel overwhelmed when a presenting need seems so much greater than our apparent resources. There are times when we feel like the only thing we have to offer are five loaves and two fish. I do know what that feels like. I am also learning about the freedom that comes when I can sit back and relax, or at least try to sit back and relax, and say, God, 
I trust that you are at work here. And I am just waiting to see what that is going to look like. Help me to pay attention. Help me to see your hand in what unfolds. Help me to cooperate with what you are doing. For me, trusting that God is indeed at work is probably the hardest part. As we've named together over the last number of weeks, when it comes to our longing for security and well-being, it is often easier for us to trust in our nation and its might, in our political and economic systems, in our money and in our wealth, and in our own feverish actions and plans. Sometimes it's easier to trust these things than it is to trust in God, the God shown to us in Jesus. Can we trust that Jesus, who fed 5,000 hungry people, can continue to provide for us our daily bread? Can we trust that Jesus cares about each one of us and cares enough about each one of us to nourish our bodies and our spirits and to satisfy our deepest hunger, to quench our deepest thirst? Learning to trust is a process that doesn't always come easily. And even when we're making good progress, it's the storms that sometimes catch us. You know, the night can be so dark. And the waves can be so strong and so disorienting, it's hard to believe that God could be there in that space. And yet that is precisely where we see Jesus in this morning's story. Walking through the wind and the waves to meet his friends in their time of need right where they are. And we, along with his disciples, hear his words. It is I. Don't be afraid. The winds and waves and darkness may have kept us from recognizing him, but Jesus is there, always. And so there we have it, a story about hunger, a story about storm, a story with many teachable moments. As Jesus enters into the midst of it all, pointing to the God of love who sent him into the world and who abides fully in him. Pointing to a God who reaches into our lives with nourishment and assurance and rest and healing and new life. May we watch as a story continues to unfold in our own lives. And may we be open to many more teachable moments along the way as we journey with Jesus. Amen. <laughs>